it's Patrick Beatty Review, the number one for news. It's Patrick Beatty Reviews, number one for news. Yeah. Tune in, get up. Yeah, what's up? Keep the change, you filthy animal. What is up, my gaggle of geeks, and welcome to another weekly review segment. We're going to be doing these uh, probably for the foreseeable future because for the next two months, it's just crunch week after crunch week of movies to put out. And honestly, I can write as much as I can, but at the same time, there's some movies that I actually want to talk to somebody about and actually have like a, a dialogue with instead of just talking to a camera lens. And I have one of the funnest people that I could be talking to. I've been on her show like three times this past in the past seven days, and I've loved every minute of it. So she had to come on. It's Rachel Reviews. Welcome. <laughs> it is so cool to have you over here. And um, for those that don't know on my side, Rachel just got added to the Hollywood Critics Association, which congrats on that. That is amazing. And um, thank you. And yeah, it, uh, we just discovered that we both have, I, I, I kind of assumed on your side for most of the time, but I've, I've hidden something about me. <laughs> I've kept something deep and dark inside me. It's true. That, that I love musicals and that I've been in many musicals. And we're going to talk about Tick, Tick, Boom, which is based off of maybe one of my favorite movie musicals. And that's a controversial thing that I'm sure people yeah. will, will have something to say about. But let's first talk about Belfast. Now, this uh -huh. movie... It, this came out literally uh, this last week, right? Is this week's release? No, I lose track because uh, the because uh, we could do the screenings earlier, and so I'm not sure exactly. It's 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 out, I believe. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this is this is one that honestly was never not on my radar at all. It's directed by Kenneth Branagh. Really? Um, the the status of it is basically a young boy in his working class family experiencing. The, the late 1960s in Ireland, I believe. This is called The Troubles, which was an era I just didn't know anything about. It's more or less like religious bigotry is going on in this place. And like, if you're not a Protestant or you're not a Catholic, there there's definitely like a, a type of war going on with that. Um, I guess I just didn't know my history at all because I, I knew nothing about this. Um, I also didn't know that this is a Kenneth Branagh kind of pseudo- uh, biography of his life or a look back at what his childhood was like during these times and seeing the movie it's all in black and white uh, it's starring jamie dornan um and who's the jude hill uh lewis mccasey and it's kind of incredible like well a after i left i was like that that might be one of the best picture contenders of the year but i want to get your thoughts um what did you think going into it well, I was actually very hyped for it because I, 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 the coverage out of TIFF was so, and I think Cons and uh, or one of the or Venice, I can't remember which one it very first premiered at, but one of those early festivals that got a lot of hype and buzz, and that's always dangerous, you know, when you have those movies, right? And uh, and so I have to say, out of the like Oscar hyped films for this year, this is the one that I liked the best. Mm. I'm still I don't know if it'll actually make my top 10 because I do have some things I don't like about it, but I still overall really enjoyed it. And if it did end up winning Best Picture, which it seems like right now it's it's uh, looking pretty good that it might. Mm -hmm. um, I'd be fine with that. It's the movie is so interesting because without spoiling like the actual plot points, the tone is set in such like a violent era like everything feels very tense and, yeah. and and nervous but at the same time 
it feels like something that anybody could be like a kid experiencing something like this. They have these moments that anybody could relate to, like mm -hmm. being a kid growing up in these times. And they're able to juxtaposition it with so much like love and and like kindness within their characters. Um, there are some that are specifically my favorite. The, the young boy is incredible. Yeah, this. he does a great job. And so often in films and in literature, it helps to kind of have a child narrator, child protagonist mm -hmm. that's kind of leading us through the story because they have such innocent eyes. So it helps us as a, uh, we're not getting an, a very, you know, unreliable narrator or a very biased narrator mm -hmm. um, to help to kind of lead us into the story. You know, something like, obviously like To Kill a Mockingbird just off the top of my head, like that kind of a having Scout as the narrator for that story. It helps uh, it have a, a an innocence, whereas you would feel a lot more manipulated, I think, if it was from the perspective of Atticus or the perspective of, uh, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. And so I think that it helps a lot having this young, you know, character. And a lot of people compare this to Cinema Paradiso. And I think that that's a pretty fair comparison, actually. You know, tell, tell people about Cinema Paradiso, because I don't even know anything about that. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, don't say it like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Cinema Paradiso is a movie from 1988 that uh, it's about a little boy and him kind of his life is told through cinema. He kind of grows up in this um, this kind of old school Italian uh, cinema and mm -hmm. he's in the projector's room and he gets to know the uh, some of the characters and the people around it. It's it's a very lovely movie and it just it felt very similar to me in the sense of like kind of, this character and his love for film kind of narrates and tells, he sort of tells his, his life through the films he watches in many ways. Yeah. Well, and it's definitely a tribute to the cinema. Like you have that sequence where they're, where they're in the theater and, and just seeing like the majesty of like what something that could be so immersive could do to an audience. And, and back in the day, it wasn't really, you know, common for you to just go to the theater every weekend or, you know, you don't really have that ability. So it, that was amazing. And, and just like seeing even on the press tour, like Jamie Dornan going and singing the song that he sings in this film, which um, I think it's everlasting love. It's, it's incredible. Like so and he good. does such a good, he's so charming in this. So that, good. I, I was, I've been waiting because once upon a time was the first time I saw Jamie Dornan. Yeah. He was the sheriff, right? In that, um, oh yeah yeah it would be wouldn't it be like the most crazy year if the lead actress from twilight and the lead actor from 50 shades got Oscars? that's what i've been saying like it's so weird <laughs> that they both on both sides are suddenly having a resurgence in their careers or like they're they're hitting their like highest points but hopefully even higher after this uh -huh. but yeah with chris stewart and jamie dornan they're definitely going to be nominated like we know yeah. that for sure yeah. so that's that's hilarious to me. And they deserve it. Like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I've loved Kristen Stewart for uh, a number of years. I don't think she's bad in Twilight. Like, there's nothing she could have really done, mm -hmm. I don't think, to really make that better. Like, that's just what the property is. And she does, you know, what yeah. that's what that that series requires. A lot of open mouth staring and, a lot of, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> so, like, that's fine. And I've never seen the Fifty Shades, but I mean, how much can you really do? 
with that with that oh uh... you could you can do some stuff there <laughs> i i think i saw half of that movie and just turned it off never watched anything else from there Ugh. but i i'm just saying i think that they uh you know that they've been good in 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 uh even maybe even in the roles that they uh they brought something to those roles that that uh that you know there's just no saving a bad movie sometimes the 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 actors can only do so much the writers is the first responsibility uh you can have the greatest actors daniel day lewis can't save a bad movie it's true well and and even in this instance like it's a it's a ripoff of a bad movie. And so like that's double bad when it goes to Fifty Shades. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I am happy that he's in this because yeah, he honestly is game really changer good. for his career. Really, I'm I'm hoping that him and Andrew Garfield need to be in some musicals moving forward. Like they they both have shown some stuff. Yeah. Um yeah. Syrian Hines also. This is our Steppenwolf from Justice League. It plays an incredible grandfather. Mm-hmm. And, and like one that like Reminds I've me of my him. grandparents. Uh, my favorite yeah. character for me. I've loved him since uh, he's actually in the um, uh, adaptation of Persuasion from the mm. 90s, I think 94. And uh, so if you're a Jane Austen buff like I am, uh, he, he plays Captain Wentworth in that. And he's very, very good. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. No, he was just so touching. And Judy Dench was great in her role as well. Uh, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, There, there's a little bit of me thinking that she might have been underused. But Syrian Hines might have just stole the show. Like I can't, I don't know what the difference is in this case. But um, and well, the, and how about redemption for Kenneth Branagh? Speaking of redemption, I mean, yeah, he goes right. from Artemis Fowl to this. I cannot believe that he did Artemis Fowl. That <laughs> blows my mind. I didn't even process that. Yeah. I, I, at first, I was like, I guess Thor wasn't the best it could be. I thought that's what you're talking about. Which, by the way, <laughs> they've got a fun little Thor reference in this that, like, is just a little cheeky. Oh yeah, the, the comic book. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing about this film that to me, I, I was a little bit, it's a stylistic choice that I feel that is bold. So I, I'll give awards to that. But using Van Morrison tracks with these music that like we've kind of heard in so many other films, it, it kind of took me out of it in a sense. But at the same time, this is we're talking about Kenneth Branagh's childhood. And if the music is what influenced that. I I can't say that that was a bad move. Uh, the, I I do think it was a bad move because I don't feel like that music fit the time, place, or tone of mm. the movie. Uh, exactly. It just it didn't feel very Northern Irish to me. It didn't feel you know. It just felt so out of place. Yeah. I didn't get it, and uh, so that was that was one of my issues that I said in my review uh, that I didn't. I mean, I like Van Morrison. I liked songs on their own, but in the movie, I didn't think they worked. And mm. then also I didn't really like the, when he would switch into color and then yes, black and white. Totally. Yeah. Anytime. Cause we watched Pleasantville. We get the, we get the symbolism, you know, we understand it. And at this point it, it does feel a little bit more like a gimmick than like, was this really needed for the story? Yeah, well, anything that was like an illusion or a story that was in color, but then it starts mm-hmm. in color, which I thought was sort of weird. And I guess that's the yeah. way they're sort of that that's their way of going back in the past is the black and white. But then you have color in the past when they go to the play, when they, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. So that anything was that weird. was like entertainment 
or mm-hmm. or like something that was like dance or or things like that. Yeah. Uh, except for uh, Frank, weirdly enough, the when the couples start dancing, which that could be uh, if there was a moment to do some weird blending mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Uh, I, what did you think about the um, the kind of like the B plot with the boy and and his friend going and doing like the looting stuff? Yeah, I mean, and I, I liked that for the most part. It was it was very endearing. Uh, the the only part that seemed a little bizarre to me was when the um, the mom and I guess are we doing spoilers? Are we talking spoilers? Uh, we could, you know, with these, it's kind of like a four. What what would you say when it comes to Oscar contenders like for your consideration stuff does that does that merit a little bit more expansion on this or I don't it, know I mean I don't think this is much of a spoiler but when he takes the the powder mm-hmm. you know from the looting and then his mom goes back brings him back I feel like that was against her character and mm. it didn't really make sense to me like I understand that she wants to teach her child not to loot but like why would you why wouldn't you wait until like the next yeah. day and then go back or something like her purposely going back to the scene of the crime when it's still in full on chaos and putting her child at greater risk seemed weird to me. It felt kind of like uh, uh, purposefully timed to bring the film to like a climax. So I, I, I don't that's think that any mother would do that. I think you would stay inside, you know, you would take the 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 cleaner and, you know. <laughs> take it back in the morning or something right. that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me mm-hmm. well and the pacing with the with the film it's it's definitely a slow burn like you're you're experiencing a a, a basically a full-scale look at somebody else's life and and it's not going to be like super like in your face like people that are watching say like all of the major blockbusters and wants to check out this because i think there's there's definitely a divide with people that love uh like roma or or Belfast, where where they're just s- s- slow looks at people, rather than like let's see an explosion or two, let's see all this stuff happening. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, but I still overall the core the core message of the movie, which is about childhood and family, and kind of how we tell our stories through film these days. Uh, then I, I think that all really rang true and was lovely. I ended up giving it eight out of 10. So I gave it a pretty high score. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was a, a very sweet little movie. I, you know, I actually went with the same score on mine at eight out of 10. I think that if you, if you go into it, just go in knowing that it's, it's going to be a little bit slower pace and, um, really just dig into the performances because they are the things that really shine the most in this. This is a young performance from, from the lead actor that is probably, probably as good as what Jojo Rabbits was. It's, it's an incredibly strong performance. It's but, really cute. And yeah. I thought that Katriana Balfe was excellent as the mother. And even if some of her choices were a little confusing to me, mm-hmm. I thought she was wonderful. And I loved her in Ford V Ferrari. I, would have mm-hmm. loved to have seen her get uh, a supporting actress nomination because thought she was really strong yeah. as in Christian Bale's wife. I thought she did a great job there. So, and I guess she's on Outlander, I think. Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't see a world where she doesn't get nominated for this, at least. Like, uh, I think I pretty much all of the cast are going to get it. I would really, I would love if Syrian Hines actually won Best Supporting. Like, that would be a really, that I haven't, Again, there's so much that we have to still watch. And I think all of the mass cast are all in supporting categories. So that's going to be a tough race. Mm. 
Oh, there's many all of them for supporting. Yeah, it looked it looked like it at least from what I haven't I was seen, seen on that one screen. yet, but I've heard it's good. Oh, it will. That one will mess you up. <laughs> that was that was a rough one. But uh, leave yeah. a comment if you've seen Belfast and tell us what you think about it. And uh, let's move into our new our next review. Which oh, actually, before we do that, uh, let's make sure that people know where to follow you because I didn't even do that at the beginning of this virtual. <laughs> you have the Hallmark you show, the podcast, and uh, you're, you're doing all kinds of stuff as far as Hallmark goes, Lifetime, Peacock, all of the streaming services. Yes. So I'm at Hallmarkies Podcast, and we cover all things rom-com, all things uh, holiday. And uh, each, so this is our just busy, busy time. We have an episode almost every day uh, right now. And luckily it's not just me. It's a group of friends who all work on it together, which I'm so grateful for. And we have interviews with talent. Uh, like right now, today we had posted an interview with Andrew Walker, who's a pretty mm. prolific Hallmark actor. And so that was pretty, that was fun. Talked to him. We had Allison Sweeney interview yesterday and she's uh, from Days of Our Lives and a bunch of other Hallmark stuff. And so there's lots of fun stuff going on over there. And then I have my channel slash podcast slash film critic work, uh, Rachel's Reviews. Uh, it was pretty exciting. Uh, I have a Talking Disney uh, series that I do once a month on on Rachel's Reviews where uh, each month we, my friend Stanford and I have reviewed a film from the Disney canon. Mm. And we've been working on it for three years. And this last week we finished our final film in the disney canon before Encanto. so oh wow yeah so we finished so what um, happens where do you go from there yeah so disney i think Channel what, originals <laughs> well I, I do joke with stanford about decoms but uh yeah. but i think we'll just still keep doing it because we like we like talking to each other once a month mm. um so we'll probably do non-canon films like your uh roger rabbits and you know movies oh, like nice. that so that'll be fun very cool. Make sure we to both follow her. I love animation so much. Animation and rom-coms are my, and holiday movies are my heart. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Your favorite film is your name. Yeah. Because we were just talking about that on your last episode. Make sure to go and check that out too. We just literally did that today. Mm -hmm. But moving yeah. on to Tick, Tick, Boom, which, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is this is an exciting movie to talk about because uh, first, it's the most recent one that I just saw uh, literally yesterday. And also because I feel like, A, we don't really know much of anything about this person, but his influence is kind of everywhere, right? The the look at this character. And um, it's Jonathan, why did Larson. they have it? Myers, right? Larson. Larson. Jonathan Larson. Why do they just have it as John on IMDb? That's so annoying. <laughs> they never what they never just okay, whatever. Yeah. But Andrew Garfield, uh, Alexander ship uh robin to jesus um uh, vanessa hutchins there are a ton of people in this cast and it's honestly uh, probably my probably my second to favorite if not my favorite musical that's come out this year and um we discovered that we both are our fellow thespians that just love musicals and have been involved in them and rachel as a fan of musicals as a fan of this uh, particular person in, in in his life what do you think of the tribute directed by lin-manuel miranda I love it so much. It was so good. I, I right. got to see it at the theater. It was really, it was kind of hilarious because they made this huge deal out of the screening. You had to, you had to get a, not only your vaccination card, but you had to get a, uh, a COVID negative uh, test yeah. and they oh, sent boy. out the test and everything. This huge deal. And 
go you, through all. Do you know how much waste has gone to to doing this stupid? We don't need it's to get ridiculous. into it. It's fine. But it was just kind of funny because we get there. I get there after all of this, and there's one other person in the whole theater, <laughs> and it's our friend Patrick Gibbs, and uh, it was his birthday. So I was like, "Yay! Well, I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> You're not alone in the yeah. theater celebrating your birthday." Um, and uh, it was a great movie to see on your birthday because the whole first song is all about your thirtieth right? birthday. Oh, and um, it was so weird for me to hear that song in the beginning because I turned thirty this year, mm-hmm. and like Ooh, really yeah. the feelings in that is like I turned forty I, this year. I, I see. We both have like this, like oh yeah. man, we're hitting we're hitting a zero mark, and I don't know about a new zero mark. Like new zeros are frightening to me. But yeah, for him, no, it's his song true. Is great. No question. And 30 was honestly done, uh, honestly harder for me than 40. So it goes up from from there. Just oh, so you good. know. Woo-hoo. 30 was hard because I just I felt like when I turned 30 that I hadn't accomplished hardly anything in my life. Whereas like for some reason when I turned 40, I felt like, well, I've actually done some things. I own a home, I have my you know my podcasts, I have you know, so mm-hmm. I made it in Utah Film Critics Association, those kinds of things. So I felt like I'd actually like had something to show for my life and 30 was just not the case. So, so I'm looking at what the what's going to going to benefit me later and while I'm dealing <laughs> with what's happening right now. Because like <laughs> see, I'm I'm in the exact same position in a lot of ways that this main character is. And Andrew yeah. Garfield, he plays him so well. And his voice is so good that I just read an article that him and Lynn Manuel, when they were talking about him being into the in this, he didn't have any singing experience. And so they had to build up his voice and and basically on a on a women of prayer, like hopefully he will be able to accomplish what music was written and what he had to do. And I, I think that this is definitely the lead for best actor for me. I, I, yeah, I'm I honestly going to be hoping that he wins. So this is the person that I'm going to be pulling for when it comes to the time where we all have to convene in the UFCA. And oh, it's so cool. I can't believe that I got to just say that. that when we yeah. all convene, then we all just walk in. Um, I agree. Cool. I just thought he was tremendous. I loved him. And this movie just so captures the frustration of being a creative that's trying to do something that's uh, that just keeps like you get the positive feedback but from your friends and family and other people um, and you have these like moments where you're feeling like oh this is gonna be so great and then boom you know it 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 falls apart and it's it's such a hard road but it's also so like exhilarating at the same time Mm -hmm. and uh, and like when do you kind of sacrifice your integrity for a product and when do you uh when do you push you know for your in for what your vision is kind of thing that's sort of talked about and Mm -hmm. just that whole process and i kept honestly i kept thinking about la la land as i was watching this because interesting la la land is la la land and i don't hate la la land i'm not a hater but it (laughs) it 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 is about the dreamers just like this is also about a dreamer mm-hmm. but they it's such a dichotomous relationship in in la la land that you either have the dream or 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 and that's it you can't have a relationship you can't have a you know that you have to sacrifice all the stuff for the good of the dream yeah. and that's something damien chazelle dog does a lot like that he does it also in in a whiplash, you know, that you have to go to this extreme place and it's all worth it because of the dream mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and like being great at something. And, uh, and, uh, he did it in first man too, really with, 
Neil Armstrong. So yeah. I don't know. That's that's what works for him. But for me, this resonated a lot more because I just felt like it. Uh, he he does have his selfish moments, and I think any creative will have those moments because you're so frustrated and you're so just trying to make this happen. And it's uh, and, vision. yeah, so you have tunnel vision. I think that's a good way to describe it. Um, but then he comes around and he realizes how much he needs his friends. And, um, and, you know, instead of just abandoning the relationships that he has and like they do in La La Land um, in this, he, you know, the end is so moving when he comes around for his friend and, uh, you're just sobbing and <laughs> I just loved it. I thought it was so good. And I, I loved the way that it showed sort of the creative process and him, you know, the way that he was trying to like come up with this song and, and I, yeah. and I don't, I don't have anything I'm doing that's like this creative, but like even just with my podcasting and trying to be a critic and everything like that, like it's a creative endeavor and uh, no, 100% it is anything yeah. where it's not like posted as a job anywhere that you can get. Yeah. There's something there's something vulnerable about this, like what you're saying. And mm -hmm. I think that's what I e related to the most, because I'm very much in the situation that might not be like in New York. And I bet that the rent back then versus now is a little bit different related to where he was living. Yeah. But there is a level of when are you going to be able to let your dreams be like have your dreams be profitable when are you going to see returns from the work that you put in and and how long does that work start to blend into your real life your relationships yeah. and and where do you balance that and it's not an easy answer and i don't no. think the film really gives you one and that's good like mm -hmm. you shouldn't really have some weird blueprint about how you get to where you want to be but what was the driving force is to be passionate and to to love what you're doing yeah. and, and and not give up in that sense. So yeah, it, and it's, it's so incredible. inspirational, but it's also you're you're always sort of tempered by the fact that you know that he never got to see rent performed. Like that's always yeah. sort of in the background. There's this bittersweet kind of nature to the whole thing, which is so moving. And I'm so excited because I'm actually gonna see rent for the first time this week. The movie uh, or the this play? upcoming week. No, the the um the play. I'm That's seeing awesome. it. Yeah. Um, it's at the um, on pitch performing arts center in Layton. I'm going to go see mm. it on Friday and I'm so excited about it. That's really uh, cool. So, yeah, I, I somehow have never seen rent. And uh, so this will be my uh, first time. Uh, it's kind of a, one of those musical, you know, bucket list mm -hmm. uh, check. Checks but we should and, say though, when it comes to this film, that it this isn't necessarily the the making of Rent. Like we're not looking at how he how he formulated those stuff. There are definitely yeah. hints along the way, and there's some really great cameos. If you love mm -hmm. the the movie or the oh. Broadway show, you're gonna see a lot of. If you loved Hamilton, you're gonna see some some sisters. Maybe you're gonna. There, there's a whole song called Sunday and mm -hmm. uh, Sunday brunch, and it. It is just loaded with it really cameos, is like Patty it, it's the Avengers Endgame Ryan, of Lin Manuel's people <laughs> and Broadway yeah, performers. It has, I mean, it's it's a who's who of Hollywood. I mean, of of, of Broadway. It truly is, so, and and it's not. So it's it's taken so seriously when it goes into those places because the narrative starts from a Broadway show, and whenever he starts to talk about the story, the story goes into its own world, right? Yeah, and they walk a really fine line because he could be very insufferable, and he is at times, but he has just enough kind of humanity, and you understand him enough 
that it works. Like mm-hmm. it, it they, it's very tricky to do. This character could have come across unlikable very easily, but they, but he doesn't. And yeah. uh, I, I don't know. You're just pulling for him. Uh, and uh, I, I mean, I just, I thought it was very well done. I thought it was very well directed. I liked the way that they integrated the songs and it was very true to, t- <coughs> excuse me. Bless you. It was very true to tick, tick, boom. Uh, mm. from, I've never seen it on stage, but I've listened to this cast recording. Oh, and okay. if, and from, from what I've seen of pictures and things like that, it, it feels like this was very true to the spirit of the actual musical as well, mm. which he did as a one man show before, uh, before Rent. Yeah. Well, and there's some fantastic performances. Not a lot as well with Andrew Garfield. Alexandra Ship as the love interest. Um, she's incredible. Um, his best friend Michael, who I, I mean, there's a lot of things that you look at and you go, hey, was that influenced from this? You know, mm-hmm. like you, you see the seeds that are planted, but they don't outwardly say it, which is all also very fascinating to me. Um, yeah. And, and, and we- seeing like you, it's like whiplash when you get to that moment. Um, and this happens early, earlier than than what you would expect. Like the the conclusion to what he thinks is the conclusion to his story happens kind of within the second act a little bit. Right. Yeah. Like kind of the end of the second act. I don't know. Well, and wasn't Judith light. Absolutely. Amazing. Uh, as an agent. I just yeah. <laughs> loved her. I was telling my sister about it because my sister's a published author. And so she has an agent that she oh, works wow. with. And I was like, you have to tell her to see this movie. She'll be it's so funny. She yeah. was so good. She was, I would, I would put her up as supporting. Oh, nice performance. She was great. <laughs> and Vanessa Hudgens, she was really good with her yeah, with her was. performance too. I mean, her there's notes not were hit. there's yeah. not that much to her character. She pretty much, but but just such a beautiful performance. Yeah. There, well, there's one senses. song where they're singing the, the her song right when he yeah, writes the song at the end, and it's her senses. and Alexander yeah. Ship put together. Oh, mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. I love the whole therapy song sequence. That was brilliant. Mm. That was really, really good. I, you know, and then at the end when you get louder than words, which is such a great song and, and so well done, I, uh, mm. that it, uh, I don't know. It just, you just wanted to get up and cheer. Yeah. And, uh, so, and I, I, do I think that this film does like, this is for thespians too. Like this is a love letter to people yeah. that are, that, that know the story already. Right. Yeah. Well, and I feel like, this is a pretty approachable musical for people that maybe typically don't like musicals. I was telling Mm. my friend um, that I thought her husband might like it because like it's, it's, it's situations where somebody would naturally sing for the most part, you know, that Mm. because he's writing music and he's doing a workshop and he's, and so it feels more authentic than your, you know, I don't know, greatest showman. They're running down the street. Oh, like, totally. You know, oh. Singing and whatever. It's, it's so much more raw. Like there's not just yeah. a rent. The dancing is in there. Sure. But like they, yeah. they do it in such a realistic way that works. Like I can appreciate the flights of fancy musicals. I don't have a, a problem with, with that kind of, that kind of musical, but, mm. but I do think that this one is sort of a gateway musical. It could be for people who typically don't uh, like musicals. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm hopeful that I, because I'm, I'm a little bit weary that some people will look at some of the themes and and maybe dip into the, this is pretentious, or like, oh, they're, mm-hmm. you know, this is just like, just go do work. You know, you can do this and do, like, 
because yeah. you hear that all the time with what we're doing right in film yeah. like there's a lot of times where the you know just starting with a dinky youtube channel that didn't have anything where it was like where's your time going you know like what could you be doing instead of this and and really not knowing if it's it's gonna be worth it, but I beg everybody: if you do love Andrew Garfield, you have to go watch this. This is yeah. his best performance of his career. He and, does have yeah. a little bit of pretension. Uh, most of the Oscar, you know, type movies do have some of that. Well, there's cynicism. Um, it's very cynical in a lot of ways, in how it, especially with his, with him as a character, with how he talks about things. But I think that there's still enough hope in this story mm -hmm. for it to have that kind of crowd pleasing effect uh, that totally. that all that you enjoy. I mean, we've we've got a couple of those this season. I mean, Belfast does have some crowd pleasing moments, um, and the pretension mixed in there. You've got King Richard uh, that has a lot of crowd pleasing moments, but some pretension I think in there as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just a you want the you want the director to be able to put a little bit of their stamp on the sure. you know story and well and, and, he, and he, I, he put himself in the movie too he's he loves yeah, putting himself in movies now <laughs> i mean i don't know if i've seen anything else directed by lin-manuel i think this might be his debut as far as uh, i was film. more i was probably more thinking of just his character and in the heights kind of kind of like he's in his projects Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but I think he did a good job. I I liked the way the movie was edited and and put together. And totally, uh, it's a tricky uh, it's it's a tricky thing to take a one act play, I mean one man play, and you know turn it into a full movie with multiple characters and right. things like that. So I just I just absolutely loved it. And I'm just gonna be sad when the year of musicals is over. It'll be like. That's what we're saying. Like it's it's a we've had a, a bevy of good things when it comes yeah. to like everybody's talking about Jamie. I love uh, in the Heights. I love uh, West Side Stories. I'm assuming going to blow us all away still. I like, you know, so. and, and so. this came out of nowhere. This one, this one just showed up and smacked me in the mouth really hard mm -hmm. and, and told me to. It, it's one of those movies where like it gets it hits too close to home sometimes where it's like, oh, OK, I need to think about my life. But those are <laughs> those are the films that I love so much more. The ones that I can relate to in a in a way that I don't even know if recommending it could make them even feel the relation that I have to it, you know, mm -hmm. but it's still so good. I, yeah. I I gave it a nine out of ten. What was your rating for this? I haven't written my review yet, so it's not oh, official. Okay. But I, I always change I... my ratings. Re reviews, I don't care about ratings to be honest. Like I say it, and then Letterbox has me do the stars, and then my WordPress won't do the ten, so I have to do the five star. It's, no. it's I mean all, it's definitely I I just fresh for sure, and a recommendation um, for sure. But yeah, for sure. Uh, but um, you know, I don't know, eight point five or nine. It's it's I really enjoyed it and I definitely can imagine watching it over and over again. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's about what I'm going to go watch it again, to be honest. Like my wife hasn't watched it yet and I really want to show her because all the songs are making me want to dance. So we are, we're going to wrap this up right now. But I want to thank Rachel so much for coming on. You are fantastic. And please go check out the Hallmarkies part podcast and Rachel reviews. Um she thank you again is awesome. thank you so much for having me and uh yeah i'll look forward to seeing you at the next screening i know well this week it's this week is Licorice the week pizza. of we're not leaving the the mall like <laughs> we're just gonna go right we're, we had one of these days already though where we had to go and get food and just hang out 
And that was fun. And this that time, there's only a half hour in between one. I know tomorrow there's one where we're going to be from five to nine, just there. They, oh, yeah. For, um, uh, well, there's Afterlife. And I oh, know we're uh, going to look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look it up after this. But um, uh, and make sure but yeah, to check out. Thank you so everything. much. It's always a delight. And make sure you all check out uh, Homework's podcast. It's really fun. You don't even have to like Homework movies. You still would enjoy, I think, our banter and conversation. And, and uh, the guests that we have and the interviews and it's just mm -hmm. fun. So check it Do out. You ever just listen to people talk about a whole universe that you're not in it, Like maybe you're not into yet, but like their enthusiasm will get you into yeah. it. It's like that. Go and check it out. And I got, I got into it and I watched some films that like genuinely I had a very fun time watching them. Yeah. Even if they were, they were like not necessarily the best film that you could see, yeah. but they were silly and fun. So please go yeah. check out her stuff and all Thanks. of her interviews are great. Um, watch out for more reviews coming. Uh, we're going to be writing them and doing more reviews with awesome critics like Rachel. Uh, please check it out on patchbatyreviews.com and on Instagram and all that stuff. Uh, thank you so much again, and we will see you at the next review. Mm -hmm.